Hey, hey, you're listening to the Journey with Janice podcast. Join me on the journey of pursuing Jesus, building our lives on the word, and seeing this world impacted with the love of God. The Journey with Janice podcast is part of the NRT Podcast Network. You can find my podcast and other great podcasts in the network at newreleasetoday.com. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at The Journey with Janice and check out my website, journeywithjanice.com. Hey, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Journey with Janice podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode because I am always excited to encourage your hearts in the Lord to talk about Jesus, to magnify the kingdom, to get into the word of God, to talk about scriptures, to talk about the goodness and faithfulness of God. And so I pray that wherever you find yourself today, that you would be encouraged, that you would be in, that you would be strengthened with might in your inner man, that you would find the fullness of joy in his presence. And so I'm just so thankful for this day. It's actually a pretty cloudy, chilly day here in Southwest Michigan where I live. I woke up, I was actually dreaming when I woke up earlier today or this morning about being in the freezer section at a grocery store. And I woke up and I'm like, well, good grief. No wonder I was dreaming that it's cold in here, but I refused to turn the heat on yet. So I could be doing the sensible thing and be, you know, have socks on my feet. No, absolutely not. I refuse because I love being barefoot. So I'm just snuggled up here in a blankie. And actually it is turning out to be a beautiful day. The sun's coming out. The skies are turning blue. Well, the skies are blue, but the clouds are parting so I can see that. And it's just a beautiful day. So many cool things happening in my life today, but I wanted to take time to hop on here and encourage your hearts in the Lord. Before I go about the rest of my day, I am working on a really cool project right now. One of my good friends wrote her first book, so I get to be a beta reader for her book, so that's super fun, and I just love how many of like my friends are getting a vision, a desire, a dream to write a book, or they've had that their whole life maybe, but it's like a now season for those books to be written and published and released, and it's so exciting. So if you have that on your heart, I am just praying for you that God would help you to complete that and that Holy Spirit would help you to write exactly what is his heart for you to write and whatever that that, that book is. Because if he's put something in your heart, it's because people need it. It's because the world needs the message that you carry. And I remember when I first started writing well, I've always written. I love, I've loved writing. I always say since I could hold a pen in my hand. But when I started writing my first book, that lie of the enemy that I've heard so many people wrestle with was coming at me. That's like, why does the world need another book? How am I going to say something that hasn't been said before? Like, you know, whatever. And the Lord really impressed on my heart and helped seed this truth in my heart that no one can communicate the heart of God in the way that I can. No one can share my story except me. No one can write in the unique ways I can. And and my audience is going to be different. And I love, I believe it's Apostle Paul writes to one of the churches in one of his epistles. I can't remember which one it was, but he says, for me to write these things to you again is not tedious, but for your good. And I love that quote. And it was a good reminder for me, that scripture, because Sometimes we think like people have heard this before, but you know what? We need to hear something more than once sometimes. And sometimes it's good to hear something again, even if we've already heard it. So even if maybe a message in one of my books looks like something that maybe somebody else 
has already said, like, who cares? People still need to hear it, and it's good for us to be reminded of God's truth and his goodness, his faithfulness, and so do what God's called you to do. All of that to say, do what God has called you to do. Do not let intimidation or fear stop you from doing what God has called you to do because the world needs what you carry. The world needs the gifts, the talents, the abilities that God has put on the inside of you. And there's always going to be someone who can do it better than you. There's always going to be people who don't do it as well as you. Our goal is to not get into comparison, to not care, to just say, you know what? I'm going to do what God has put in my heart to do, period. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. I'm going to be obedient to him. And that is the first and foremost thing. So, yeah, God is so good. So I've been in Proverbs and Psalms and some other places this morning. But I want to read to you guys Psalm 18. I love the Word of God, and I pray that you love the Word of God. So Psalm 18 was actually written by King David, and because we know the Psalms are written by different authors, Psalms is in the Old Testament. If you open your Bible smack dab to the middle, you're probably going to land in Psalms. It's the biggest book in the Bible. And so Psalm 18, I love this. It says, I'm just going to start reading in verse 1, and I'm going to read through verse 6, and we're going to talk about it. It says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. The pangs of death surrounded me. The floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and he and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple and my cry came before him, even to his ears. I love that. I have that last part just kind of highlighted in my Bible. And I wrote my story. That is my story that in my distress, I called out to the Lord. And it reminded me of when I first came to the Lord, when I was in a season as a teenager, just really wrestling with depression, with low self-esteem, just wondering what is the point of life? What is the meaning of life? What is my purpose? Why am I even here? The things that as humans, we naturally wonder because we were created with eternity in our hearts or something that God has put on the inside of us that causes us to long for eternity, to wonder if there's more, if we don't know the gospel, if we haven't heard his truth, there's something innate inside of us that calls us to look beyond ourselves and say, there has to be more than this. There has to be someone who created the things that I see in nature because we know that all of creation cries to him. All of creation sings of his glory. And so there is something on the inside of us that naturally causes us to say, God, are you real? Even if we don't know who he is, we've never heard the truth of the biblical God. We don't know maybe who he is. No one's ever shared that with us or something inside of us that causes us to cry out for that. And that was my story as a teenager reaching out. I had heard of the gospel. I had heard of God. I did believe in him from a young age, but I had not surrendered my life to him. And so my life was kind of, you know, as great as it could be for a teenager who wasn't serving Jesus. It was just kind of aimless. And so I remember that night of sitting outside, looking up at the stars and just crying out to him. I was just in a, in a hard place, had gone through some things and was dealing with a lot of heartache and rejection and, and different things and just crying out to God and saying, God, if you're real, 
I believe you are. God, I want to live this life for you. And so I'm so thankful for God's hand on my life and that he brought me into a place where I was born again, saved and surrendered my life to him. And so now I can look back and I can say what David said at the beginning of these chapters, because we know that was his story and his distress. He called upon the Lord. And so now he's able to say, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Ah, I'm so thankful for who God is. It's literally impossible to adequately describe who God is, but we can know him deeply by being in his word, by spending time in his presence. I was just reading yesterday some commentary about the temple and how when Jesus died on the cross, he breathed his last breath and he said, it is finished. We know the earth shook and the veil in the temple was torn in two. And so that veil blocked out the Holy of Holies. There was a high priest. I know this may be like, if you're not familiar with Jewish religion and culture and all that, it may be a little heady, but there is a a veil that separated God's presence in a room that only once a year a high priest could go into and there were strict like circumstances he had to go in under. He had to be like ceremonially cleansed and all that. You can research that more, but basically you did not have access to the presence of God prior to Jesus dying on the cross. And when Jesus died on the cross, that veil was torn in two. God's presence was no longer confined to a place that only one person could go into and only under under strict circumstances. Now his presence, if you have given your life to God, if you become a born again believer, the Bible says he no longer dwells in temples made by human hands. He dwells inside every born again believer. We are now called his temples. Isn't that crazy that the God of the universe would choose to let his presence dwell inside of us? And that doesn't mean that we become perfect. There's no way we ever could be. But we now have the ability to walk according to the spirit and not the flesh. And we know the New Testament talks a lot about that. If you read in Galatians 5, it talks about the fruit of the spirit and the works of the flesh. And we are called to be people who walk according to the spirit of God, to live our lives according to his word. Again, that does not mean that we get it right all the time. But it means that we have his presence inside of us. It means that we have his spirit to guide us in the very best path for our life, to live a life of godliness, to live a life that's content in him. And I love that his kindness leads us to repentance. I cannot tell you how many times since I've been a born again believer, y'all can probably testify and say, amen, Janice, same, that I have said or done something and the Holy Spirit is like, um, no. And I remember having a situation when I was first saved where I had gotten in a fight with my sister. I said some things that should not be coming out of a sanctified mouth. And I remember going to my room and feeling like such a failure and being like, great, now my sister is never going to love the Lord. I've set the most, you know, the worst example of Christianity to her and all the things and just really, really steeping in condemnation and shame. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, go apologize to her. And I was like, what? I don't do that. It took me a second, you know, to swallow my pride and do that. But the reality is that even though I did mess up, what I did to ramify that situation, to cover that situation and going and humbling myself and apologizing, that spoke so much. 
to that situation and to her because that's not what I would do in my flesh. I would be like, I'm mad at you. I'm not talking to you for a while. You know, (laughs) have my own form of vengeance and whatever. And I'm not going to apologize for what I did because I don't regret it. So I'm not going to say I'm sorry. I said what I meant and I meant what I said kind of thing. Such a fleshly carnal attitude. But as God was starting to transform my heart and sanctify me, the way I responded to situations and people began to change. My heart began to change toward people. I love people. I genuinely love people. We know that that's the second greatest command, to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love people as ourselves. And I, honestly, I did love people as myself. I just didn't love myself. So I didn't love people very well Uh, up until I began to walk in relationship with Jesus and to know him intimately, I really did not have compassion for people. I didn't love people. Well, I either loved or I hated you kind of thing. And so I had a lot of people that I just could not stand. And I really just, I did not have a deep love for people like I do now. But as God transformed my heart and mind, I began to see people as his image bearers. And it gave me compassion. I was just reading earlier in Proverbs about how it's to our glory to overlook an offense and how important it is to walk in love. And we know in 1 Corinthians 13, love keeps no record of wrongs. To be people, as the word says, that are quick to forgive. That is hard when you've been hurt, when you've been offended. And I remember a situation not too long ago where something was said to me and in my spirit, I just like kind of, sometimes I communicate in sounds. And so that's, that's what that was, where I just was like, ah, I was just so frustrated and upset because, and honestly, rightfully so, what they said was hurtful and offensive and rude. And the spirit of God inside of me said, be quick to forgive. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason he tells us to be quick to forgive because we are called above all else to guard our hearts because everything we do flows from our hearts. And if we aren't careful to guard our hearts against bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, offense, that's a buzzword in culture right now. We get offended about everything. If we aren't careful, the only one that it's going to pollute is us. Well, the one first and foremost it's going to pollute is us and then everyone around us because everything we do flows from a place of our heart. So interactions with our interactions with other people, the way we see the world is going to be impacted by the condition of our heart. And that's why I encourage you guys often to sit with the Lord and say, God, search my heart. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Let the Lord show you if there are people in your life that you need to forgive Even if it's someone that could be passed away, they might not even be alive anymore, but you have resentment toward them because of what they did to you or how they treated you. I get it. I get it. I will never pretend to fully understand what anybody goes through because even if we go through similar things in life, no one can completely understand what we go through because it's our unique experience. But what the Bible says about Jesus is that he is our high priest, that he's able to sympathize with everything we go through. And so we can go to him and say, God, this hurts. And he can say, I know because I've walked out the human experience. I know what it's like to experience humanity. And he's a God of all comfort. The Bible says that he comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can turn around and offer that same comfort to others. And so I'm so thankful that we have a God who's intimately acquainted with all of our ways, that he knows what we go through when nobody else understands when nobody else gets it he does he does and so we can go to him and say god this is hard this person hurt me i 
am so torn by what happened to me because of this person. But Lord, I want to choose to forgive them because you command me to. His word says that we have to forgive because he forgave us. If we want to receive the forgiveness of Christ, we have to be willing to forgive others as well. And that's not easy, but it's possible. It's not easy, but it's possible. We can do all things through him. And I love that I hear people say a lot, like, we could do nothing without God. We could do nothing without God. Absolutely. That is absolutely true. We could, we wouldn't even be alive if it weren't for God. He created us. He knit us together in the womb of our mother. He fashioned all of our days for us. He knows the very number of hairs on our heads. His thought toward us, thoughts toward us outnumber the sand of the sea. Like, we wouldn't even exist if it weren't for God. He's the one that created us because we know that by him, through him, for him, and to him are all things. All things were created. And so that is true. We can't do anything without him. But the Bible also says that through him, we can do all things. So there's nothing impossible. And I think forgiveness is one of the hardest things that as humans, as Christian humans, as people who are trying to love and serve and live for God, is one of the hardest things that we do. But we we have to. We get to, because the reality is when we forgive, it frees us. There's a song by Matthew West I love. I think it's actually called Forgiveness. You could go look it up. And it talks about, there's a line in the song that says, the prisoner that it really frees is you. And that is, that's reality. So when we forgive, it's really keeping our hearts pure. And it's not saying at all that what was done to me was right and it was justified or whatever. Like, no. It's saying, God, that hurt. I hate that this happened to me, but I'm choosing to let it go because I don't want the pollution of unforgiveness to taint the waters of my heart. And that is hard. And I could sit here and probably share story after story after story of times that I have had to forgive where someone has said or done something to me that hurt. And you know what? I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive because I know and recognize the amount of forgiveness that God has given me that I was not worthy of. None of us deserve the forgiveness of God. None of us deserve what Jesus paid for at the cross, but he freely gave it because he loved us. And I love that the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to get it right. And we can liken that too to the act of forgiveness on our part. Some of us are waiting for apologies we're never going to get. Stop waiting for someone to say they're sorry. Stop waiting for someone to change their ways before you choose to forgive them because that might not ever happen. And I love that Jesus chose the cross knowing that we may never receive him. We may never accept that gift of forgiveness. We may never choose to surrender and live our lives to him, yet he still did it. And what a beautiful example we have of Jesus, the son of God, the son of man, choosing to live his life for 33 years on this earth, sinless man, giving his life. And I love reading through the gospel books. I encourage you to do that, especially if you've never read them or it's been a while, or even if you have, just to stay consistent in the gospel books, because those books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books in the New Testament are all about the life of Jesus. And we can see the life he lived. And so often we find ourselves comparing ourselves maybe to Christian influencers that we love or pastors or leaders or even other Christians. But the reality is the only person we should be comparing ourselves to is him. Am I looking more like him? Because 
I don't want to look like you. I don't want to look like anybody else around me. Obviously, I want us to all like be image bearers of God to like to share in his character, to be like him. I would I love that, but really I need to measure myself up against the word of God, not against other people. And I believe it's in 1 Corinthians it talks about like measuring themselves by themselves. Like they it's one well one translation says it's stupid. <laughs> I don't really love that word, but that's what it says that it's ignorant that it's stupid to compare ourselves to each other and 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 by ourselves like measuring ourselves by ourselves. It's like, well, I'm good. So, so you know what that does? Like comparison. I could talk about that all day, but I'm just going to touch on this briefly. When we compare ourselves by each other, it either allows us to stay in a place of complacency because, well, I'm not as bad as they are and I'm doing pretty good. And it stunts our growth in the Lord, or it causes us to never feel like we're good enough to be caught in the web of condemnation and shame Neither one of those are helpful. Neither one are fruitful. And so we need to measure ourselves by the word of God and say, okay, God, you read a scripture. It it gives instruction. You're not living that way. Okay, God, I want to conform to your word. And that's so important that we conform to the word of God. Not that we try to conform the word of God to us or we ignore the scriptures that we don't like. We have to be people who read God's word in the fullness of its context because we know that it's living, it's active, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness that the worker of God, us, that we would be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The word of God is what we need to be our mirror. And like James, we don't want to be people who look in the mirror, walk away and forget what we look like. We want to be people who study the word of God, that we are people who study his word, that we show ourselves approved unto God, a worker who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. There is so much deception. There's so much false teaching out there right now. It is so critical and important and crucial. I could scream it from the rooftops that you know the word of God for yourself. That does not mean you have it memorized. That does not mean that you know everything that's inside the word of God. That's like impossible, but that you are staying steadfast in the word, that you're rooted and grounded in the word, that you're building your life on the firm foundation of his word. I encourage you stay consistent in the word of God. It's important, especially the crazier this world gets, the crazier deception gets the teachings that are infiltrating even the church now it's it's crazy so you need to know the word of god for yourself so i pray that you spend time in his word today and every day i'm going to go ahead and close out this podcast in prayer i pray that you are encouraged in the lord today i pray that you find your soul satisfaction in him that as psalm 18 says that you remember that he is your rock your fortress your deliverer your strength your God in whom you trust, that he's your shield, he's your horn of salvation, he's your stronghold, and that you remember he is worthy to be praised. So take time today to praise him, to thank him, to glorify him, to honor him because he is worthy of it all. So let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this podcast. God, I thank you for your heart for us. I thank you for your heart for humanity. I thank you that you did not wait for us to get it right, for us to get it all together before you chose to go to the cross. I thank you that you made a way at the cross for us to experience the forgiveness of sins, for us to experience reconciliation to you, to know the Father. 
God, I thank you that you made a way at the cross for us to experience healing, for us to experience eternal life. I thank you for what you did. I thank you that that veil was torn in two, God, and that your presence was no longer confined, God, but released to us so that we can experience your presence, God, because in your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence, God, is times of refreshing and freedom and liberty, God. I thank you that we can experience your freedom, God. And I pray over every person who is listening, God, who is bound by anything, God, if they have a stronghold in their life that is not you, God, I pray that you would set them free. God, I pray that the things they've been praying for and longing for and desiring for so long, God, I pray that they would find those things happening in this season, that their faith would become sight, God. And I just thank you, God, for every listener. I speak life and blessings over them. God, I pray more than anything that they would seek you, that they would desire you. God, your word says that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. So God, I pray that they would diligently seek you and then find that the greatest reward is you. And God, I pray for those who are struggling with anxiety, with worry, with doubt. God, I pray that they would look to you, that they would keep their eyes fixed with you, God, because your word says, your word says that you keep us in perfect peace when our mind is stayed on you. So God, I pray that our thoughts and our minds would be fixed on you, God. We praise you and thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness in our lives. Have your way in and through our lives. We declare your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. 